Everybody and welcome to another episode of the Notorious Nerdy D Casual Wrestling Show. I think that name's too long. I, I'm starting to feel like that name for a podcast is too long. What do you think? Mm, a little bit. I'm, I've been toying around with the idea of switching the show to just the Casual Wrestling Community Podcast. Does that because it could be the CWC Podcast? Okay. Okay. Right. Yeah, you could. It still feels long, but I think you yeah. could say the CWC Podcast would feel. That's, there's a lot of words. The notorious nerdy D casual wrestling. It's a little narcissistic to have to have your name in your podcast. Part of the NNCW. Yeah, that's a lot of letters, yeah. right? Uh, let me know your guys' thoughts in the comments. If uh, would it affect anything if we changed it? I have these sunglasses on. It'll make sense later. I'm in character <laughs> right now, just so everybody doesn't think. Maybe I'll do the whole show with them. I don't know, right? But no matter what we call the podcast, this is the single greatest wrestling podcast on the internet. I am your host and still, it's upside down, and still <laughs> your notorious pay-per-view champion, Nerdy D. And joining me tonight on the ones and twos working the mics and cameras is my better half, Level Up Lauren. Each and every week, we take you through a journey of the past week of wrestling, all while learning from you guys, the audience, through the comments and social media. Make sure to like and subscribe to the show on YouTube at Notorious Nerdy D Wrestling Show or subscribe on your favorite podcasting network. We are on Spotify, Google Podcast, and on Apple Podcast. Do make sure to leave some kind of review, some kind of comment. What, just say hello in the comments. You don't have to, it doesn't have to be an answer to anything I've said. Just say what's up. It does help get the videos into kind of circulation, especially on YouTube. If you watch the video, even if you watch five minutes of the video, just say what's up in the comments. Tonight, I will tell you the most must-see entertaining wrestlers in 2022. But first, housekeeping. Uh, I've seen the support. I've seen the outreach and the support for our attempt to get Liquid Death to acknowledge us. Okay, and, and they won't acknowledge the fact that I deserve the liquid death title belt. They're just not listening. It's falling on deaf ears at this point. Right. So it only seems right at this point. It seems right at this point to make my presence felt even more. And I know what I have to do. I never thought it would come to this, but I know what I have to do. And the truth is, I'm going to have to step up and challenge that weird can muscular guy to a fight, to a one-on-one -on -one match, to a no-holds-barred mountain mayhem liquid death brawl, okay? One-on-one, -on -one, man versus can, champ versus chump. The challenge is now out there, okay? They can't, they can't ignore me forever, I feel like. I feel like at some point, they're going to have to acknowledge me. They're, they're going to have to acknowledge that I exist and I'm a thorn in their side. And, and I've said if I see him, it's on spot. But now I'm calling him out. Now the challenge is set, right? Uh, the posters are being printed. They're at the shop. The marketing team is working on the videos, right? We actually, we actually got something today from the marketing team. It's Graphic 2. Play Graphic 2.
so there it is. There it is. It's pr- it's off. It's on the press. It's going on social media. I'm making it official. I'm gonna will this thing to be. I'm gonna will this thing to be, because they actually put out that video, that liquid death video. That that his name is the thirst murderer. First off, okay. It, well, that was fucking epic. The thirst murderer. They put out a challenge to use that video in social media. So here I am, guys. I'm using the vi- that nobody's getting more creative than that. That's it right there. One on one, man versus can. The king of the mountain battle, notorious nerdy D versus the thirst murderer, right? Uh, Corey Lowe is still your notorious internet pay-per-view champion. I, I'm thinking I might have to call Corey in to tag team with me if things get dicey with that big-ass can guy. Yes, sir. Right? He's a big boy. Thirst murderer is a big boy. Big muscles. Big, big can. One advantage I feel like I have over him, he's got eyes where his nipples are supposed to be. Ew, I his don't his think eyeballs that. are where his nipples are supposed <laughs> to be. And I feel like that that's very choppable. Yeah, definitely. That like if I'm in there and I'm, I'm doing my right. I'm in there. Nipple punch mm. in the <laughs> eyeball. I poke, I poke, right? Cause this, we, this is no holds barred. There's no rules. I can, eye poke, I can, eye gouge. So me and Corey might have to, I might have to have Corey come in from the back with a chair or something. Yeah. Crumble the can. Yeah. Um, I am still, as I said earlier, the notorious heavyweight universal world pay-per-view extreme champion. I will walk in and out of WrestleMania the same thing, just so you know that, Lauren. Nothing's changing. The reign will continue as it currently stands at 32 days and counting as the champion. We saw you. Uh, we're looking into some live content guys. We, uh, we've been approached by a few opportunities, but I think in the end, we're going to probably do it on our own and, uh, we'll probably end up doing some kind of interactive game or something like a uh, Jackbox. Jackbox is a game where you uh, use your phone and a lot of people play it on Twitch, but I don't know where we're, where we're hosted at, but we'll do something like that where everybody can get involved and we can have like a, it'll be like a big slumber party where it doesn't get weird. And nobody has to sleep in the same room. <laughs> we can all hang out. We can hang out as late as we want and then we can Just turn it off. <laughs> yeah. We can all go sleep in our own beds. Right. It'd be uh-huh. fun. So I'm looking into doing that. Uh, probably in the next couple of weeks, we'll test it out. We'll run a test with like a small circle of the people we trust not to like say some real wild shit. Yeah. But we'll do it all wrestling themed, which I think will be fun. Mm-hmm. So like the games, Typically, you can say anything you want, but we'll we'll keep it within the wrestling world, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, last week, we talked about doing the March Madness Notorious theme song uh, brackets, right? And in pure Notorious Nerdy D fashion, I've overthought this. I've rethought this. I've gone back. And we were going to do the greatest wrestling song of all time. But I, I feel like that's been done to death. There's a million people who have gone, these are my 10 favorite uh, wrestling theme songs of all time. I think that it would be more fun. And we got great suggestions, by the way, we did get great suggestions, but I'm going to switch it up and I'm going to need more suggestions. But, uh, the curveball is going to be, I want to do the greatest wrestling song right now. Okay. Right now. So what I want to do is I want to take 16 songs from Monday night raw. <clears throat> I want to take 16 songs from Friday night Smackdown. I want to take 16 songs from AEW And then where I'll need help from our listeners and and even outside people is 16 songs from other companies, right? That could be New Japan Pro. That could be Impact Wrestling. Uh, I think we could lump free agents into there, right? But we're going to need 16. So that'll give us 64, four divisions of 16, and we'll narrow it down. And I want, well, that's, that's what a typical... NCAA March Madness tournament is it's 64 teams and we'll, d- we'll dwindle that thing down. But I want to know 
We're going to switch this up. I want to know the greatest wrestling theme right now. Not of all time. I'm, I'm in the now. I'm living in the moment here. Uh, the winner of last week's Brock Lesnar shirt was an audio listener named Moses. Uh, he didn't want his last name announced. Understandable. But his shirt is ordered and en route. Lauren, we have a small problem. Okay. We got lucky this time. Okay. But we do have a small problem. We have a, a we have a little bit of an international fan base here. A couple people in Australia, a couple people in England. Ooh. I'm not real confident how shipping works when you send something that far. Feels like, I don't know if WWE.com will ship to, to Australia and to Europe. And I'll so have to ask them. if one of these people win this contest, uh, contest, are we going to go bankrupt trying to send them something? I have no idea. So we're going to have to look into that. If, uh, if they don't ship over there, we will figure out another cool thing we can do or prize or some way to make it worth joining uh, these contests. Right? Amazon UK. I guess that makes sense, right? Yeah, I think so. I think that may work. That actually may work. We'll, we'll pick stuff off of Amazon. Yeah. All right, let's jump into this week's overreactions. All right. <clears throat> this week's seven biggest things I'm overreacting to. We can jump right in. Uh, right off the bat, I have a question for our listeners, and I have a question for you as well. And that is, does Ronda Rousey even give a shit anymore? Her promo on SmackDown this week was fucking horrible, and it just looked like she didn't even give a shit. It's, it's really starting to feel like she's just here to collect a paycheck. Right. And don't give me this bullshit like this excuse that oh, her love hate relationship with the audience. The audience hates you because you're checked out. You're not. This doesn't look like full effort from Ronda Rousey. She is horrible on a microphone for somebody with such a big personality. She is terrible on a microphone. And and I get it. Like WWE puts her in a tough spot because they're making her play the face against Charlotte. But they're going to have to, you know, they got to get her uh, an advocate, a mouthpiece, someone to talk for. Her. This interview shit is, is ridiculous. She literally said, this was literally something she said while being interviewed by Michael Cole. She goes, and, and it, this is the exact tone that she used. I broke my hand. Then I broke my other hand. Then I broke my foot. Then I did some math and I figured out that like 27 point days after I gave birth, I could get back to WWE and get another big check. Now, I'm not positive that's word for word. feel like I threw in some bullshit in there, okay? <laughs> but that's that was the gist of what she said. It was just this weird, like, not an answer that you give in a WWE promo, right? And then she talked about how, how I'm here to do this to make my daughter proud. Hey, man, your daughter's not going to be proud of, of this bullshit effort you're giving the WWE universe. They're just not. She's on my nerves, if you can't tell at this point. I just love I mean, it. she's on my nerves at this point. She At one point in the promo... I don't know if you caught it. I think everybody caught it. At one point in the promo, she says that she's going to be the first person and half a quadrennial. <laughs> what the fuck is a what the fuck is a quadrennial? Mm-hmm. What she's going to be the first person and half a quadrennial to make Charlotte Flair tap out. Now I got to go figure out what a quadrennial is, and not only do I have to figure out what a quadrennial is, then I got to cut it in half. Ronda Rousey's out here making me fucking use a dictionary to watch SmackDown, okay? I feel like if we can just make shit up like that, I'm the greatest podcaster in the last quarter of a quadrennial, <laughs> right? So I, I went and looked it up. Do you know what a quadrennial is? Um, you're smart. I mean, you're actually one of the smartest people I know. Do you know what a quadrennial is? Well, like a millennial and then like you just go down, but now I it's don't. Four have have- it's four years. It's four years. And she said half a quadrennial. Just say, just say two fucking years, Ronda. 
Just say two years. That it, it doesn't even fucking sound that good. You're going to be the first person in the last two years to tap out Charlotte Flair. Big fucking deal. <laughs> I don't even, I don't care. Jesus, she is on my nerves at this point. Why did we bring her back? I, I don't get it. If she was given full effort and, and stuff, like Rhonda doesn't want the fucking people, doesn't want the fans to talk about her, then don't give me so much stuff to talk about, right? I don't want to use a dictionary when I'm watching Friday Night SmackDown. I like my Roman Reigns promos, just, I champion, acknowledge me. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's all I need for wrestling. I'm not trying to learn things. This ain't Jeopardy or Sesame Street. <laughs> oh, speaking of more dumb shit. Okay. The Intercontinental title is now on the line at WrestleMania, okay? And you know who's fighting for it? It's Sami Zayn and Johnny Knoxville. Yay! The, the WWE just basically said, fuck prestige. We're going to throw that out the window. All we want is mainstream media hype. And that's what WrestleMania is these days. They're, they're looking to get the mainstream media interested in what's going on, right? Yeah. And I'm, I've given up. I've submitted. I've tapped out. Let's go. Let's just go crazy. I'm in. I'm all in. If we're going to do this kind of shit, let's do it. I love Sami Zayn. But fuck it. Let's let Johnny Knoxville become the Intercontinental Championship. Right? The champion. That would be fun. I mean, if we're just, just going to throw like logic out of the wind, let's do it. Let's let him have a run. Let's have him go out there every night and do some jackass-style shit and, and, and defend the title. Right? Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I just I try to defend WWE like I am a WWE defender. And then they go do things like this and they make it impossible for me to get them over with, with more hardcore fans. I can't, I can't argue this. I can argue a lot of things. I can't argue this. I don't, I don't understand what we're doing, but this match, this match seems like it would have been way more appropriate for like an honorary reintroduction of the hardcore title. I've talked to you about the hardcore title. The hardcore yeah, title yeah. was an attitude era title that was defended kind of like the 24 seven, except it wasn't always on the line. But when the match started, there were no, no rules. You could get pinned anywhere. You could get pinned like downtown in a bar. So these matches, like, Oh, it's supermarket seems, things. And yeah. Stuff, right. So it seems like this would have been a, an amazing chance to just bring that belt back for one night. And if you want Johnny Knoxville to win it, it'd be kind of a cool trophy for Johnny to put on his mantle, right? Have Mick Foley referee the match. That, that'd be even better, right? Mick Foley, Sami Zayn, Johnny Knoxville, hardcore title on the line one last time. It, it seems like it rides itself. But no, we're going to do Intercontinental Championship. We're going to use a prestigious one. We're going to take the Intercontinental, Intercontinental title, right? And we're going to take it and we're going to put it in a shit show and then wrap it up in a dumpster fire. That's what we're doing with it, right? I guess. And I, I was worried for Sammy that he was going to get a bum match at WrestleMania. Boy, did they, did they, ex they exceeded my expectations here. They just, just as dumb as it could get. Let's do Johnny Knoxville, Sammy Zayn intercontinental championship. And it'll probably end up being a stupid, funny match, but it's not, uh, it, it, uh, man, last week I was complimenting WrestleMania. I was up, I was up on a high horse, right? I was like, I haven't seen one match that I don't like. That was what I was saying. And apparently mm -hmm. they just saved all those, those matches that I won't like to announce this week. That's when they were going to decide uh, to talk about those. So randomly we're getting Sasha Banks and Naomi going after Carmella and Zelina Vega for the tag team, the women's tag team title matches. After having 
not tag team together hardly at all. They just get to announce, hey, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to go for because the women's tag team division is basically non-existent in in WWE. Mm -hmm. I'd rather have Sasha Banks versus Naomi then some weird match where where Zelina Vega and, and Carmella are thrown. I mean, they're done, right? Obviously, yeah, they're done. Sure. That this is the end of them. So they what defended it two times against Rhea Ripley and Nikki Ash, and that's it. I really thought, ah, man, I really thought that if we're just gonna bring back old wrestlers and 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 bring back celebrities, I thought the Bella Twins were due to come back and challenge Zelina and, and Carmella and win the tag team titles. That would have had more meaning than, than Sasha Banks. But is Sasha Banks the most misused wrestler going into WrestleMania? I mean, did they just completely botch any opportunity with her? Because I said Sasha Banks versus Ronda Rousey was a better match than, than, than Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte. I still feel that way. And there's at least 10 other matches that I would have rather had with Sasha Banks than, than this weird, like, clusterfuck tag team match. I would have preferred they even bring somebody up from NXT. Someone like a Cora, uh, Cora Jade or whatever her name is, or a okay. Mandy Rose, right? Mm-hmm. And, and get NXT some exposure at WrestleMania. Have a match where uh, I always feel like they should bring just a couple people from NXT and let the the casual audience who's only watching WrestleMania let them see these people. You you might walk away with some new NXT fans. But WrestleMania is all over the place right now. Now I mean because now we got a lot of celebrities and a lot of rumors and a lot of crazy things going on. And uh, on Monday Night Raw we had Kevin Owens rocking the the sideways cowboy hat. Yes, sir. Did you see that? I did. Rocking the, the sideways cowboy hat. They were making comparisons to him and the, what's the guy from Toy Story? The older, uh, the older gentleman. It's, the bear? I, I want to say the pro, the, the prospect. The prospect. That's who prospector. it was, right? The prospector. Prospector. They're making uh, comparisons, which is <laughs> fucked up. Don't do that to my boy Kevin. It does look a little bit like him. Uh, but it's obvious at this point we're getting Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Kevin Owens, right? True. Because he's shitting all over Texas. And Texas is amazing. And well, Stone Cold Steve Austin was the Texas rattlesnake. That was his name. So it's, I mean, we're not, we're not, even though Stone Cold doesn't live in Texas anymore, right? That's bullshit. He lives in Nevada. So I guess the Nevada rattlesnake didn't, it doesn't have the same like jingle as, as the Texas rattlesnake. The Broken Skull Ranch 2.0. He moved up out of Victoria, Texas to, uh, to Nevada. Boring. So he's not a Texas boy no more, but we'll we'll yeah. play along. We'll play along. We'll, we'll pretend. Keep, we'll keep the kayfabe here. Uh, it, it's just a formality, right? At this point, it's a formality. They're not they're not winning the tag team titles, Seth and Kevin. They're not going to win them at uh, whatever we is this fight night or something they're calling it. I don't. I remember. have no idea. I vaguely think I heard them call it fight night. Gable and Otis are gonna are gonna retain. They're gonna retain that, and they should. I'm enjoying them. They need a longer run. I think uh, I don't know if Orton he. Looked like he was banged up pretty good. Hopefully he's not too injured, but I think we're headed towards Orton versus Riddle or at least the split up will happen at WrestleMania. I think that's where we're headed in that direction. So I don't see any room for Seth and Kevin in the tag team division at this point in time. So it feels like we have to be headed towards Stone Cold versus Kevin Owens. And that leads the debate that we've had the last couple of weeks. Does Stone Cold still have it? I see people say that Stone Cold's got two in the tank. I see people say Stone Cold's got one in the tank. Someone said Stone Cold had two in the tank, one for Kevin and then one for Brock after that because we never got a Stone Cold Brock match. That'd be good. 
But where does this leave Seth Rollins when you start like the pieces, the pieces, the pieces of the puzzle are starting to come together for WrestleMania. We're seeing the outline of what it is, right? AJ Styles and Edge. Yeah. We got, uh, we got Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, and Seth Rollins is starting to look like he's put on the outside. And, you know, I keep, we keep going, is it Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes? Well, I'm going to stop saying that. I don't know. Because who else is left? I don't, I don't know. Who else is left? I, I just don't know. I, I really don't. And um, I, it bothers me because I think Seth Rollins may be one of the top three in the WWE right now. And if he's left in some bullshit match, I just, I think that's a disappointment, right? I agree. I love Seth Rollins. But last night, uh, last night we had other projects going on in our life and we weren't able to post uh, any, any supporting clips. Every day we post supporting clips on YouTube reels, Instagram, all those different things. Right. And we learned a valuable lesson. This is a transition. I'm transitioning. We learned a valuable lesson because we posted content later than we normally did. Normally we get them up around four o'clock, six o'clock, eight o'clock. That seems to be the safe spot. Last night, we didn't get anything up till after 10 o'clock. We learned quickly. It's a different audience in that world. The <laughs> after 10 o'clock audience on social media is very different. This is like level 100 dark web shit. IWC, right? The trolls, the, the troll dwellers of the IWC. This is where they live, right? And what I'm getting to is we posted a clip about Bianca Belair and oh boy, did we get introduced to the world of Bianca Belair hate. Yeah. I, I had heard the rumblings of the hate. I had heard other content creators mention the hate. I had seen a little bit of hate towards us for we're fans of Bianca Belair. Yeah. Last night, boy, they came out of the fucking woodworks. They came out of the fucking the, the, the dungeons. They were... I don't like to play the race card. I don't because I, I, I actually hate it. I've been called a racist for things I say about like Biggie when my comments on Biggie are strictly about Biggie. It has nothing to do with the color of his skin. Yeah. But some of the shit I was reading last night about Bianca Belair felt real racist. <laughs> real racist. Like legitimately people who just don't like her because of the color of her skin. And I fuck man. That's, that's the worst kind of people. That's just that's fucking dog shit. It's so stupid. Yes, sir. I, I can't fuck Like, I didn't even entertain it. I ended up blocking, like, 25 fucking people. Because I was I just like, oh, no, no. We're not. We're not, we're not associating with this people. kind of fucking people. We're not doing that, right? Yeah. But, yeah, man, there's definitely guys who fucking, like, this late night after 10 o'clock crowd, they're the ones fucking beating their meat to Liv Morgan. That's what they're fucking doing. They love her. They love the way she looks. And, and mm -hmm. they're, they're fucking all in, sold on her. She can do no fucking wrong. And I don't dislike Liv Morgan. It is not. Unfortunately, she's just been pitted against Bianca Belair in this conversation. Mm -hmm. And I, from my opinion, don't believe there's any fucking comparison at all. I don't even think I've, I've gone on record. I don't even think when you talk about their looks, they're just two different people. I think Bianca Belair is more attractive. You said that you think Liv Morgan's more attractive, uh -huh. right? Yeah. So that's just an opinion at this point. I don't think there's a clear cut. You can just say this person's better than this person, except when you talk about athleticism, Bianca Belair is better. When you True. talk about just size and pure wrestling, Bianca Belair is better. She's better in the ring. She's better on a microphone. She's better at everything that really matters in professional wrestling. 
And then I had people tell me that Bianca Belair needs to turn heel. And these are, this is the after 10 o'clock crowd, right? This is the IWC. Nobody can be cool or popular unless they're a heel. We only like bad guys if we're in the IWC. That's it. You can't like a good guy. She can't be a good guy. She should be a bad guy. No. I mean, right now she's the most over face. Uh, not, I, she's on the same level as Drew McIntyre to me, I would say. I mean, she, the uh, little girls love her. Most people, most normal people can't find anything to dislike about her. You have to really nitpick if you want to go after Bianca Belair. And, and as a casual wrestling fan, I fucking, I think right now she's one of the most entertaining people to watch. Yeah, definitely. Um, now, having said all these great things, uh-huh. and I preface that I'm a huge fan of Bianca Belair. What the fuck was WWE doing with those sound effects when she oh my when God. she hit Becky Lynch with her hair? That was the worst whip sound. Did you like those sounds? Yeah, I mean, that, you, it, hey man, yours was as good as theirs. Exactly, yours was was just as good Commission as theirs. Me, WWE. And so I try to, you know, I, I try to defend all this shit, and then WWE does. Why are we adding sound effects now? <laughs> like, when did this? We we got the electricity sound yeah. effect with Sami Zayn. Now we got whip sound effects. What what are we doing here, WWE? We just imagine if all of a sudden they just started adding like Batman style like punch sound effects when guys got like pow, boom, whop. Just all this weird shit yeah. when people got hit. Why are we just like someone in the back is just like. Was there literally someone waiting on a sound effect button? Yes. They're just waiting and they're like, this is my fucking moment. And then they're like, whoosh. And it's way too loud and way, like way too aggressive. And they're like, dude, you, you had one fucking job to, to EQ this whip sound effect. He's fired. And you, and you blew it. <sighs> it's hard, man. It's hard to defend WWE sometimes. <laughs> but what, what I will defend, uh, is, is it looks like WWE got one match right for sure. There's one match okay. that I'm, I'm sure they got right. And it's a saving grace for this weird week of like WrestleMania announcements. And that is, we know for sure we're getting AJ styles versus edge at WrestleMania. Yes. Which seriously could be the best match at WrestleMania. Um, we're getting heel edge, bad edge. That's always the good one, right? This, the psychology, the, he's going to play mind games with AJ styles. He already kind of called him out. And told him, I don't want the AJ who does the the weird Omos tag team bullshit. Uh-huh. I want the Bulldog AJ Styles. So he's calling for like the real gritty AJ Styles. I worry, is five weeks enough to get the crowd invested? Because I, like me, I'm a casual fan. And I had to go back afterwards and do some research to understand that like this has kind of been a dream match in the making. Most people aren't going to do that that research. So it's five weeks enough for AJ Styles and Edge to really get the story over and, and to make people understand how big of a match, like a dream match, this really is. I I don't know. I, I really don't know. If if I was a betting man, this will go down as most people's favorite match at WrestleMania. I do believe that. Okay. Just because of the pure talent that's involved in that match. Um, and then last but not least to overreact to this week was the, uh, Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns contract signing, yeah, which is a casual fans dream and the IWC fans nightmare. They hate, they hate contract signings, but I eat this shit up. I, I like contract it. Signing. But you got to have a contract signing at this point. You just have to do it. Right. 
It makes it feel official. And, Ho- and Roman Reigns was hyped up as fuck, man. He got out of the ring screaming at the crowd, told Pat McAfee and Michael Cole, I own you guys. <laughs> I own this ring. Everything here is mine. And then you got Brock Lesnar picking up tables and throwing. He threw that chair and hit that poor innocent man in the ring <laughs> with an office chair. And not like he hit him like, hey, buddy, I'm going to, you know, here comes a chair. Get ready. He just beamed him like it was a like it was a dodgeball. Just nailed him with an office chair. I'm ready for this, man. They've got me hyped up. You got Heyman doing his thing. You got Brock doing his thing. You got Roman doing his thing. (sighs) Hate it or love it, man. This has a big fight feel. WWE got this right. It's got a big fight feel. It's title for title. We know that now. Yeah. They're not playing around. It's not, you know, we got that weird wordage on the the WWE on Fox uh, Instagram account. But this is, it's all out. It'll unify the belts. Not unify the belts. Excuse me. Someone will have both belts. The rumor is they are not going to unify the belts. Makes sense. You're going to need one of those belts on each show. Eventually, the winner of this match will probably float back and forth for for a few weeks until they figure out how to drop one of those belts, right? Mm-hmm. So, but who who do you got, man? Who's closing out WrestleMania? Because that's the Sunday night main event. Who's closing out WrestleMania holding both of those belts above their head? And don't tell me we're getting a fucking draw. If we if we get a fucking draw, we riot. We we do. I might become an AEW fan if they if we get a draw. But who do you got? Who do you got? Who's winning that match? Because uh, I I had I like last week I was Team Brock. I was all in, and then Roman gets all fucking hyped up, and the bloodline and, and the, the head of the table, and I go, eh, maybe I'm back on Roman. I'm yeah, back with Roman. And I don't know. Like I feel like it's gonna be a last minute decision for me. But who do you, who do you have? Uh, me personally, I'm on Team Brock. I feel like he's just gonna pull it out, you know. Team Brock, yeah. you're Team Brock. I am. I love you. Roman left. Reigns. I did, but you have a bloodline shirt in your closet. I do. You don't have a uh, a Brock shirt, but I need one. Oh my god! Let's get into the dirt sheets. All right. <clears throat> so earlier this week, we got news that uh, Cesaro has reportedly left the WWE no. after failing to reach a new contract with WWE. This is one of those news stories to me that feels like it should be way more important than it really is, right? For years, I've been told how great of a wrestler Cesaro is. He's amazing. His in-ring work is is so good. But then I've watched time after time again and gone, he's eh. He's eh. He doesn't like move the needle for me. He definitely doesn't have a, he, he, he doesn't have a personality. He's mm-hmm. a strong guy. I'd say he's pretty technical, right? But his, yeah. his personality is like a wet paper bag. He just cannot get over. The most over I felt like he ever was was when he was with the Real Americans Duh. with with Jack Swagger. And, and uh, that felt like a little bit of a Nazi movement you did there. I don't think that's what they did. <laughs> Not at all. We, I don't support that movement people, at all. Right? Yeah, it was We the People. But that was, his, that was his best gimmick, right? And then after that, it kind of felt like he either wrestled with or against Sheamus for the next six years. Yeah. Every time I left and came back, Cesaro was either a partner or wrestling Sheamus. That's what it felt like. So I get it. He was a little underused by WWE, but what do you really want to do with him? Yeah. When, when he can't get over, what do you do? The swing was fun. Uh-huh. And, and Seth Rollins got a little bit of juice out of that orange, but it, it never, he never just stepped up to that next level. And I don't think he'll be missed in WWE, unfortunately. 
I don't. No. I think he'll just be forgotten. I don't think that it, he kind of became the guy that they used as a stepping stone for guys who are on their way to the top. Uh-huh. And when you become that guy, it's kind of hard to get out of there. Um, and I, you know, to be honest, I don't think he's really that big of a free agent. Now we know Tony Khan. He's fucking. He sees a new shiny fucking toy he's probably going to bring him in but i don't think it's that big of an acquisition because what's he going to do in AEW? he's still not going to have a great personality what oh he's going to be real technical and, and real good and then they'll the iwc will herald him because this is what we always wanted was him to just be a mid-card guy in AEW because that's what he was in wwe he's not yeah he's not going to be a champion he's not they've got they've got a just a backlog of people who are owed pushes in AEW, and i just Cesaro's not jumping the line. No, he's, not, he's not doing it. You, you, he, I and almost, I like him as a person. Oh, so many people I like as a person, and 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 I hope he figures it out and gets it together, right? But I also feel like guys like this can tend to be a little stubborn. At some point, he had to reach out and figure out what his gimmick was. What what sold him to the crowd? It, it wasn't the Swiss superstar or any of that stuff. You have to get over, or you have to turn like you have to turn your personality volume up to eleven, mm-hmm. and just be loud and obnoxious. But I just feel like he kind of rested on the fact that, yeah, I'm a strong guy. I'm I'm in I'm in hellacious shape, and and I'm pretty good in the ring. I'm but that Cesaro, doesn't bitches. that doesn't work, right? Uh, second story. Second story. Okay. We got news this week that Vince McMahon will be on the Pat McAfee show tomorrow. So we record this Wednesday night. By the time we're going to try and get some clips out tonight, but but mostly by the time this is out and people are listening to this, this will have already happened. So I'll give my commentary here, but I'm probably by the time this goes, it'll be fucking wrong, right? But I've watched Pat McAfee religiously now for about the last two and a half years. So it's been awesome to see like two worlds that I really enjoy slowly just merge together. It's been like Marvel and DC comics making a special comic just for me. It was like, I watched Pat for football news and Uh all of a sudden he enters into the world of wrestling. And now it's just like the two shows have collided. If we get Vince McMahon on there. So first off, do I think that this is setting up an angle for Vince McMahon and Pat McAfee? Short answer, yes, of some sort. In some form or fashion, I think so. Is this a match that anybody really wants or needs to see? No, but I think there's psychology behind this. I speculated a couple weeks ago, and I don't know if I did it on the show or if I just was talking to you, but I speculated that Pat McAfee's run could be closer to its end than it is to the beginning, right? I believe he just got a major like $180 million fan duel deal. And and that's all contingent on his personal product, the Pat McAfee show, right? And I I do believe that his responsibilities, now he doesn't work for FanDuel, but his responsibilities to FanDuel, they're going to increase. Uh, He's got, you know, he's just got so many fires in the oven, right? What do you, is that what you, is that the right term there? I mean, Um, he's got a lot of fires, a lot of fires, whatever. He's got a lot of fire. He's got a lot of things going on. He's interviewing Aaron Rodgers. He's so he's tied up in a lot of places and he's admitted that in the WWE, this has been more of like a passion project. He doesn't make money. He's not, you know, rank it raking in money doing the WWE stuff. So this has been a passion project where he travels around. He pays for his own Airbnbs and 
And I think he takes private jets. So it's got to be costly even to do this yeah. thing. And then he was missing the last two weeks around the Super Bowl. And I just don't know how long WWE can do that and how long Pat can do that before it just goes like, maybe we need to alter this relationship a little bit. Uh-huh. I, there's a part of me that believes that Pat McAfee may be fired from the WWE tomorrow when Vincent Mann's on oh, the show. No. Storyline fire. Yeah. Right? Something goes awry. Something gets ugly, nasty, and we get the textbook Vince McMahon going, you know what, Pat? You're fired! <laughs> Which leads into, like, a Pat showing up roguely attacking either Austin Theory or Vince McMahon. Something like that. I can see this. Yeah. This makes sense in my head. Leading to the end of Pat McAfee's full-time run with WWE. For I, sure. can, I can see this happening, right? Because mm -hmm. Vince McMahon nor Pat McAfee, they're not getting into the ring to make a fool of themselves. If this is a real thing, in any capacity, the, both of these guys are showmen. They're going to put on a show. They're not getting in there to get laughed at. Pat's not, and Vince isn't. True. They know if they, they've got something worked out that's going to be cool. My guess is that this leads to something involving Austin Theory, right? Because he stands to gain the most out of this situation. Mm -hmm. Pat doesn't need the rub. Vince definitely doesn't need the rub. So if somehow this puts Austin Theory in a better position, then it's all for the best. But that's, that's kind of my two cents. I think that I, I really believe, like, I think there's a high probability Pat McAfee gets fired tomorrow from WWE. That sucks because he's my favorite. Fired, right? Fired. Yeah. Um, speaking of Pat McAfee and, and other things, the WWE 2K22 full roster was revealed this week. <clears throat> As expected, the roster features quite a few wrestlers who are no longer with the company. <clears throat> Excuse me, which is okay, right? Nobody cares. Okay. Because a week after the game comes out, the custom creators have gone in and created every possible person you could think of from Ariana Grande, every AEW wrestler, Elmo, Super Mario. Everybody's created within a week of the game coming out. So these guys are going to get put in the game anyway. Might as well leave them in. I still don't understand personally why WWE and 2K games don't just continuously update the game with new theme songs and new oh, video packages cool. so that people can create... You don't have to take the time to make the DLC for like said character, right? Yeah. Just give us the music, give us the video packages, which got to be easy to import into the game, right? Uh -huh. Do those things. And then, man, these content creators are fucking fantastic. They'll take care of the building the character out for us. You know, so yeah, I don't understand. Sure. I still don't. And that's just kind of a side note, right? But with all this roster mix up and all these ex WWE people included in the game, there were quite a few glaring omissions when I went through this roster. Things that don't make sense to me, right? Yeah. And you can see the full roster on WWE or www.2k.com. Uh, I noticed uh, immediately almost former WWE women's champion Paige is not on the roster, but she is still employed by the WWE. And that would be one thing if there were no That's legends in this weird. game, but there's a ton of legends in this game. It's, it's a weird omission, right? But then it gets worse. As I like did my research and looked through, Queen Zelina's not in this game. Why? What purpose would there be for not having Queen Zelina in this game? Now, maybe she's DLC later on, but this initial roster that they've released, she's not there. Dewdrop is not in this game. These are people 
who are integral to the current stories that are going on right now, and you can't play WWE 2K22 as Dewdrop. Seems like we missed the fucking ball here. No Bella Twins. They were just in the Royal Rumble. They seem integral to any kind of roster. And you already have most of these moves and things mapped out. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not a game creator. I don't know when you change the engine and things like that. It just feels like... It feels like, though, we got seven versions in the game of Hulk Hogan and X-Pac. Yay. We got every version of fucking Hulk Hogan you could possibly have, but we can't get Queen Zelina or Dewdrop, right? But the biggest omission to me is there's been zero mention of Pat McAfee in this game. Not only just, I think, he definitely, after what he did in NXT, he should have been an in-ring playable character. But I'm, I'm guessing, because they've said nothing, that he will have zero presence in the game whatsoever. He won't be a ring announcer. That's crazy. He won't do anything. But but you know who we are getting? Who? You know who 2K is going to give us? No. MGK. Machine Gun Kelly? Why the fuck is MGK in WWE 2K22? Ew. We can't get Dewdrop. We can't get Queen Zelina. We can't get Pat McAfee. But we're getting MGK. Oh, yeah. Man of the hour. Yep. I don't even fucking know anybody who likes MGK. I don't know one person who likes MGK. Well, nobody thinks Now, that will I buy this game? Nice. What's that? Nobody thinks that dress he wears is nice. I don't fucking know, right? <laughs> uh, will I buy this game? Of course. Of course I'll buy the game. Am I expecting it to be the same buggy piece of shit that it always is? Of course it is. And I'll still play it, and I'll still have fun. Year after year, I do, I do it every time. But 2K, you had fucking two years. You had two years to get this thing right. And as things start to come out, GM mode looks weird and oddly small uh the my rise the characters look sketchy as shit like everything's just kind of coming together and going oh that's right this is a this is a 2k wwe game well all right so we got breaking news before we went on the air tonight okay and i had to alter the story because the story right. was initially rumors and now okay. after uh AEW dynamite this is confirmed tony khan has bought ring of honor the entire company so he fucking did it. All right. Tony Khan's out here just buying whole ass wrestling companies. Fuck yeah. Basically, Tony Khan got tired of going to, to the Target, to the Toys R Us, and buying individual figures in like the package. Mm -hmm. And he goes, I'm just going to buy the complete playset. I'm going <laughs> to buy the ring. I'm going to buy the name. I'm going to buy the characters. Like he bought everything. He owns Ring of Honor at this point. That's crazy. And and at this at this time... I feel like Tony Khan, he's a narcissist. He needs the spotlight on him every week. He's going out of his way. And, and I think it's consuming him. It, it's like a, it, it's a bug that's inside of him. Every week he needs a bigger announcement. I need a bigger announcement. I need a bigger announcement. And, and this week it's, it's this. And, and the IWC defends this man to the death. But bro, this is Vince McMahon 2.0. He's no different. They're just clone copies. We have to admit, these are the same guy. Yeah. They both are narcissists. They both want to take over wrestling. They're going to do whatever they can. They stockpile footage and wrestlers and things like that. And before the IWC loses their shit on what I'm saying, I do deep down inside understand why he bought the company. It was for the video library, right? That's okay. the biggest asset of Ring of Honor. You get all those old videos of Daniel Bryan and CM Punk and, and all those. I think there's like, they said there's like, 24 or 48 wrestlers in AEW who came from ring of honor. So you okay. get all that. And there's a rumor going around that Tony Khan's in the works of working out some kind of streaming deal like the WWE has with Peacock. 
but Tony Khan's working it out with HBO Max. So it looks like HBO Max will get rights to the Ring of Honor, the AEW, and all that footage. I get it. I understand all that. But outside of a small, loud-ass IWC audience, who's really jumping to HBO Max for this content? It's it's a good addition if you already own uh, HBO Max, but I don't know that yeah. I'm paying an additional nine dollars a month to get access to this, unless they include the uh, the AEW pay per views like WWE does, which I think there's no chance they do. But just for some old old you know stockpile footage, I it doesn't seem that enticing to me. I get it. I mean, AEW Ring of Honor is nine dollars. How long are you paying that? Maybe one month just so you can watch it and then then cancel. If you remember. Uh, Next story here. Ricochet is about to receive a major push within the WWE. So rumor is that uh, internally WWE has Ricochet labeled the number two singles baby face on the SmackDown roster. Makes sense when you kind of look through it, right? Because WWE lists the New Day as tag team. So they're not individual. They're not singles, right? And they've got Shinsuke and Boogs marked as a tag team still. So it seems like a fair assessment, right? Drew McIntyre is your number one. He's your top baby face on SmackDown. Okay. Because I, I would argue if you didn't put New Day in in a tag team category, that Xavier Woods and Big E are clearly the more over choices than Ricochet. And uh, But I'm happy that WWE sees the potential in Ricochet. So what does this mean for us as fans, right? As casual wrestling fans. What I think this means is that whole rant I went on about 20 minutes ago about the Intercontinental Championship, we may be saved from that. All right. I, there might be a light at the end of this very dark tunnel we're headed towards into WrestleMania. Hear me out. Ricochet has a intercontinental title match set for next week's SmackDown. It's a little odd placement if you're planning on having a title match at WrestleMania between Johnny Knoxville and Sami Zayn. So I'm thinking Sami Zayn was hinting at the conspiracy kind of being over, right? Okay. That, that, that the conspiracy was no longer in existence. He, uh, he defeated the conspiracy. He's reached the top. What if we find out somehow Johnny Knoxville is like fueling this conspiracy and he cost Sami Zayn the match more than likely what's going to happen against Ricochet and they get the intercontinental belt as far away from Sami Zayn and Johnny Knoxville as they can. That, to me, is a saving grace for that moment because Sami Zayn and Johnny Knoxville don't need that title belt to be relevant at WrestleMania. Yeah. It gives Sami Zayn that motivation again. Sami's at his best when he's kind of bitching and complaining, when the conspiracy is real. Yeah. And so if the conspiracy becomes real again and he gets the, the IC belt for one week, it feels like it would give him a ton of juice going into WrestleMania. Now, Ricochet winning the IC belt, it gets it back into someone's hands. Ricochet has the motor. He can, he can defend that title every week. He has that kind of go. I mean, he wrestles almost every week anyway. So to put the title on him, he'll wrestle more than Shinsuke. I think he'll wrestle more than Sammy and it'll give him the push that he needs. They can continue his push into WrestleMania, figure out who they want. I don't know who, who the, the right opponent is for Ricochet at that point, but it definitely seems like a match that fits in well on that card. Mm-hmm. But Sammy and, and, and Johnny, they have zero reason to have that IC belt. Okay. There, there's absolutely no reason. All right. All right, let's get into this week's burning question. Burn it down! Yeah. So I had fun last week doing the, uh, the top 10 women's wrestler. 
Uh-huh. And it actually kind of stirred up like some conversation. It got people talking. It was good. That's what the burning question is supposed to do. It's supposed to promote conversation on social media, right? So this week I wanted to do the same thing. I thought when I was watching Raw, there, there's like so many different ways you can categorize wrestlers, right? You could make up every statistic in the world. And this week I've kind of made up my own statistic, and that is like entertainment value. And, and one thing I noticed is that when I watch any form of pro wrestling, there's always certain guys who grab my attention more than others. And it's, it's for a multitude of reasons. So I thought it would be kind of fun to come up with a list of the most entertaining wrestlers currently on television, WWE or AEW. Doesn't matter the company. And these are the guys that when, when they show up on the TV, I tend to kind of stop what I'm doing and I just watch. For good or bad reasons, they're entertaining. So, so here we go. We jump right into the list at number 10. Number 10, I have Randy Orton. Now, Randy Orton, you could kind of make the argument that it's a it's an RK bro, but I wanted to just go Randy Orton. Every time Randy Orton's in the ring, I pay attention. He's so technically smooth. He, he, I mean, everything he does just looks better, and he does everything better than every other wrestler. He suplexes better. He he. German suplex is better. He DDTs better. Everything just feels smoother when he's there. His his RKO is, is to me one of the greatest finishing moves, which is a list I'm going to do in the near future. Okay. But the the uh, the RKO, the fact that he can catch it out of nowhere, he's done it so many cool ways. You never really know when the end of a Randy Orton match is because it could just it can just happen. There's no setup to his finisher, so it's always exciting to see Randy Orton. In the ring, he's number 10. Number nine, this is going to fucking surprise a lot of people because if you're, tell, if you're talking about, like, people I like, he's not on the list. Okay. But is this person entertaining? Fuck yeah, he's entertaining. It's Darby Allen, right? The guy I've labeled too small to be a wrestler. <laughs> but there's something to be said about a guy who throws caution to the wind, right? He's yeah. completely reckless. And every, like, every reasonable bone in my body tells me this guy is fucking bad for wrestling. But the, the the little kid inside of me who goes, this is just supposed to be fun and entertaining, I go, this motherfucker just jumped backwards off the top rope onto the floor. Like, he does crazy things. And is he probably going to kill himself? Yeah, at some point he probably is, or, or mm-hmm. kill somebody else. But love him or hate him, he does some really cool things that make for really good TV. For now, sure. I've said, he does, his ceiling is, is, is extremely low. Yeah. His ceiling is, he's the guy who comes out and does crazy shit. He's probably not going to be the AEW world champion. Probably not. TNT is probably his ceiling. And now uh-huh. people have argued with me. I still, I don't buy it, but I get what AEW says. I get what everybody says. I still consider the hierarchy of AEW world title is the big, it's the number one belt. And TNT is always going to be one step below it. Mm-hmm. You can argue whatever you want. That's the way I view it. All right. Number eight is Dante Martin. The human highlight film is what I, f- I feel like he is, right? The upside on this kid, he can go, man. Okay. You, you're the one who kind of put me on to him and said, hey, check him out. He does all these oh, flip things yes. and, and, and he bounces around and he's got to find a personality. But he's young. He's young, so he's got a lot of time. I think I told you he used to wrestle with a mask on. You did tell me that, that Mark Henry told him something about yes. you got to take the mask off and you're going to have to work on your facial expressions yeah. and, and he's got time. But as far as the technical, like high flying, you want to look at him. There's nobody better right now. 
Yeah, for sure. He's the smoothest. He He's kind of what I equate La- Randy Orton. Randy Orton's the smoothest kind of in-ring technician. I'd say right now, f- from just my eyeball test, Dante Martin is the smoothest high-flying professional wrestler in the business right now. It doesn't look herky-jerky when he's doing it. Yeah. There's some guys, like Leo Rush is, is super impressive, mm-hmm. but it, it's it's jerky. It, it, it's bouncy. Even ricochet a little bit. Yeah. Dante Martin's just kind of smooth. Some people have a natural, like, smoothness smooth when they like do butter. things. Speaking of Ricochet, though, number seven is Ricochet. <sighs> Complete package with this guy, right? He's got he's got a good look. He's got everything. He's a little bit undersized from from my standards. He's five nine, but mm-hmm. but you can get away with that these days. I've you know people continuously tell me you can get away. You can be undersized. Undersized is normal size now. Uh, he <laughs> well, he's a change of pace in WWE is what I like. For, he's not Drew McIntyre. He's not Roman Reigns. He's not Brock Lesnar. He's a change of pace. When he comes out, it's a different feel. Unfortunately for him, I'm still making the argument that when you put him in a ring next to Drew McIntyre, Roman Reigns, or Brock Lesnar, it's just not believable at all. True. You do as many fucking flips as you want. You're going to flip right into a brick wall and fall backwards. It just so it's exciting. Yeah. He's entertaining, but I don't think he has a ceiling above the Intercontinental Championship. Okay. Number six, Brian Danielson. I think Brian Danielson is like the perfect wrestler, to be honest with you. Even undersized height wise, he, he, everything about him just exceeds what you believe. Like he's, he's larger than life. I don't look at him and even see size, right? Mm-hmm. He's possibly top five on a microphone, right? Top five on ring psychology, top five, probably top two in ring talent he's everything right he's transcended the sport he's bigger than the sport at this point like it was time for him to leave wwe because i do believe he was bigger than wwe and that's very rare that a guy is able to accomplish that AEW is where he belongs because he needs new challenges he had to be bored at, at that point and in my opinion and i'm not a wrestling skill guy but i do like i i make the argument that to me he's the best all-around wrestler in the world that the best all-around wrestler in the world does reside in AEW, and it's, it's Brian Danielson. I'd make that argument. And every time he's on TV, you have to watch. There's, there's no doubt. He should be AEW champion. All right. Number five, MJF. Now, I'm, I'm going on note numerous times, not a huge fan of MJF's look. I think he looks like a fucking nerd. I really do. Not, not a huge fan of his ring ability. He wrestles like a coward. That's his character. It's fine. To me... He's Miz slash Alberto Del Rio 2.0. But all of that, all of that that I say negative about him makes his promo ability all that more impressive because it kind of exceeds all of those negatives, right? It makes up for all of those. He doesn't give a fuck what he says when he talks. Mm -hmm. He'll cross every line. He'll walk up to the line and then he crosses it and he says what he needs to say. He is basically murdered CM Punk in this little rivalry that they got going on. And that's saying a lot because there was a lot of people who thought that CM Punk was the promo God. And all of a sudden MJF steps up and it's been good for both of them, but MJF's really proved his point. I don't think MJF, you know, everybody talks about MJF's going to go to WWE. Uh I don't think he can succeed in WWE. I just don't. He's not big enough. His in-ring work is just not WWE style enough. And they're not going to let you talk like that. And when you take a microwave microphone away from MJF, what's really left. But as long as he's in AEW, 
He's top five most exciting wrestlers to watch. Okay. This is why I say AEW's got a backlog, because what do you do with him? He should be fighting for a title in some form or fashion, whatever, right? Yeah. Number four, Brock Lesnar. Let's, let's be clear. Every time Brock Lesnar hits the ring, it's a train wreck, right? It's a car crash. Yes. It's, it's destruction. It's the same thing. It's predictable, but you can't turn away. People love car crashes. People love train wrecks. People love just clusterfucks. And that's what, I mean, he's a real life monster. Brock Lesnar. So, yeah, every time Brock comes out, and now that he's developed this, like, comedic side, now even when he comes out for a promo, I'm excited. But but when Brock Lesnar is wrestling, it, it's I, by far one of the most entertaining things. You see, I see actual fear in guys. I think I saw actual fear in Austin Theory in the Elimination Chamber. And he ran from him? Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, I saw it looked like he was really scared. I'd be, I'd be so scared if that big old man was running after me. Monster, man. Just a beast of a man. Number three. And, and this is, he's only number three because he's currently injured to me. But that's Xavier Woods. He is the most underrated WWE superstar right now on the roster. I'll fight anybody over that. He is, I mean, he's phenomenal. He deserves a title run. Whenever we kind of get out of the woods of this WrestleMania, Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, Drew McIntyre, Xavier Woods deserves a solid run, a more solid run than Big E and a more solid run than Kofi Kingston got. He deserves a good like six month, lots of wins, lots, lots of unexpected big upsets and things like that. Uh And then I think, cool, let's lead it right into what I talked about last week. Brock Lesnar costing him, you know, the title. And we lead to a heel turn for the new day where they beat up Brock Lesnar. I'm all in. Sign me up. But until then, Xavier Woods is extremely entertaining. The King Woods stuff before he got hurt, I was I was looking forward to that every time SmackDown came on. When he was in the conversations with Roman Reigns in the main events, that was some of my favorite uh, SmackDown moments this last year. Yeah. So... He's, he's extremely marketable. He's got all that video game stuff going on, which is just kind of like cherries on top of the icing. And, and to me, Xavier Woods, hopefully he comes back soon because it SmackDown, it, it misses when Xavier Woods isn't there. All right. Number two, this is a surprise here because this is a person like a year ago I had no clue that I'd even like. But number two on my list, most entertaining wrestler right now is Chad Gable. He has crept onto this list out of nowhere. But I am on the Gable train. I think you. Mm-hmm. Shh. He's good, man. He's got two catchphrases. Such a sh- it's I, shoosh. Like just overreacting to this. Can he be Brian Danielson 2.0? Mm. He's got a little bit of charisma. He's got the same size. He's got a little bit of Kurt Angle, a little bit of Brian Danielson. He's starting to develop a personality. He has all the pieces of the puzzle. WWE's just got to let him put it all together. Let him let him have this tag team run, then turn him loose, and let him continue, to, like the good mixture of the comedy and the aggression. That's the perfect wrestler. It's what I said. Biggie was missing. Biggie had to find the balance. Biggie's too good at being funny. Yeah, and and that's not supposed to be a negative comment towards Biggie. He's just too good at it. So he pigeon held himself into a corner. But I think that Chad Gable can find. He's. He's extremely talented. He's a real wrestler, right? He comes from like a real wrestling background. So he has all the technical side of it. I, I think they 
WWE is going to have to do a better job of making it blatantly clear to casual fans like myself that he is a great, pure wrestler. Okay. That he's one of the best. Like Daniel Bryan does a good job of like telling people, I am the best wrestler. Chad Gable eventually is going to have to step up and go, no, I'm the best wrestler. I am the best technician in this ring. Mix it together with a few uh, thank yous. And we've got ourselves like a superstar in the making. But number one, okay. hands down, All right. the most entertaining person in professional wrestling right now. All right. Okay. And sometimes when he's talking, I feel like he's like, we talk about wrestling's not supposed to be just for you. It's for mm-hmm. everybody, right? So they put different people on the show that should appeal to different people. This person is the one that like, when he talks, he, I feel like he's looking in my eyes. And that's Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens is the best all-around promo in professional wrestling. Now, he's not like MJF where he walks over the line. He's yeah. just funny. He and is funny. It's, it's, like, it's like Michael Scott level funny, but in <laughs> wrestling. And then he's got the aggression. He's got a little bit of the size. A little, little short, but he makes up for it in body size. And, and he, in effort, he's unparalleled. He treats every match like it's WrestleMania. Every time he gets in that ring, it's a hundred and fifty percent. Not a hundred and ten, oh, yeah. not ninety, not seventy. He takes no days off. He's out there. He slays it every time. Perfect. The perfect balance of what I talk about: comedy and aggression. Perfect. He walks that line perfectly, and I don't think he gets nearly the credit that he deserves every time he goes out into the ring. Like, I stop what I'm doing when Kevin Owens comes on TV. Doesn't matter what I'm doing. That's my time. That's my main event. Doesn't matter what point of the show he's on. When Kevin Owens is in the ring, it, it's like he's speaking to me. Kevin Owens is like my spirit animal. <laughs> so my top 10 list of most entertaining right, wrestlers. I'll run it back one more time. At number 10, I got Randy Orton. Number 9, I've got Darby Allen. Number 8, I got Dante Martin. Number 7, Ricochet. Number 6, Brian Danielson, five, MJF, four, Brock Lesnar, three, Xavier Woods, two, Chad Gable, one, Kevin Owens. I want anybody who listened to this or hears this, I want you guys, give me your top five most entertaining wrestlers. And define entertaining however you want. That's what makes it fun. What is it? It doesn't have to be guys, doesn't have to be your favorite wrestlers. Don't give me your top five favorite wrestlers. Okay. Give me the top five wrestlers that you find the most entertaining. Okay. All right, let's go to the comments. All right. In the comments, Albert Albertico0531 asked us, he invited us to answer a question. I like when people do this. It makes it easy for me. So yeah, it goes into sure. our little, like, you know, if you're going to ask a question, send it through that cool TikTok feature. It goes in there, and it's all nice when I go to look for it. But Al, Albertico0531 asked us, he invited us to answer do you feel like WrestleMania is too driven by guest appearances rather than interested in making the next big star? It's a good question. It's a good question because I think that 10 years ago, WrestleMania was something very different than it is now. Okay. The train of thought over, over the last few years is that I think WrestleMania has changed less into a showcase of wrestling mm-hmm. and more into like a media spectacle. It used to be a chance for like the best of the best to show off. It was the Super Bowl. Yeah. And they still sell it to you as the Super Bowl, but now it's more like media day. It's more about how many news outlets can we get to talk about WrestleMania? Mm -hmm. 
these days it's just a marketing opportunity to get new viewers, new casual viewers, right? Think about yeah. the, the, I think WWE's game plan is to build new stars outside of WrestleMania. So I think they do that the other 11 months and we get to WrestleMania by then you're either a star, or you're not, and they're not going to build you up at WrestleMania. They're looking for mainstream media attention. You don't go get Logan Paul. You don't go get Johnny Knoxville, Maria Menudos one year. You don't get Snooki. If you're not trying to get other media outlets to talk about what you're doing, right? Yeah. Because those all hit very Logan. specific, right? Maria Menudos is the E, the E fan base, yeah. right? She she hits that fan base. Snooki hits like the reality Jersey TV, Shore yeah. reality TV. Logan Paul is the young YouTube crowd. Mm-hmm. Uh, Johnny Knoxville is the crazy douchebag crowd. Yeah. These are all calculated things that they do. They're a global marketing company at this point. They they need viewership numbers and they need ticket sales and they have to sell that to their shareholders. So no more are they really worried about. If they were worried about that, like I said earlier, you would bring up NXT stars to have big matches against substantial WWE stars. Like we said, Sasha Banks would be, it would be awesome to see her fight Mandy Rose. Yeah. Give some spotlight to to that title, to the NXT women's title. Yeah. I don't, and I don't always love it. I, I feel where you, you're coming from Alberta co. I would love to see them build new stars at WrestleMania, but unfortunately it's, it's more become just how fucking over the top. Can we make this so that random people will watch? And I think this was CM Punk's gripe. I think this was kind of the ultimate thing that finally sent CM Punk over the edge was when, when that shift of, of mentality happened. CM Punk still had the mentality. I work hard 364 days a year so that at WrestleMania, I can be the main event and WWE is going, yeah, but the rock just sells tickets. It doesn't matter what, what, what you do. You're never going to sell more tickets than Dwayne. And so that mentality shift happened and it, it really happened the most extreme when they called out the John Cena versus the rock a year in advance and took a whole year to build up towards that. That's true. That, that's a long time. Second uh, second comment. This was a weird back and forth conversation I have. Did you go to the graphic? Go to graphic four then for four. this one. So this was a back and forth I got into with a uh, Shad Grim Gravy. And this was a video where I talked about the New Day uh, coming out and attacking Brock Lesnar at some point. And he responded to that video with what I want from the new day is for them not to exist. I then, this is the new me. Normally okay. I'd attack. I'd be like, come on, man. What the fuck are you talking about? But the new me, the reserved me positivity, notorious D just went ahead, misspelled and in, in everything. I said, why not? Or, or wait, why? Wait, why? Because they suck. They're grown man pretending to be unicorn held back again. <laughs> I go, who's your favorite wrestler? All time, Hollywood Hogan and MJF. Enough said. Cool, you gave me everything I needed to talk <laughs> about this. All right, these back and forths on the internet, man, they confuse me, right? First off, the hyperbole of saying that the New Day shouldn't exist, that's fucking crazy. Like, if that's your real mentality, I just said it, WWE's goal is to make a product for multiple different people. They're not just making it for this one guy. And if you can't understand that, not everybody who comes on TV is for you. Los Lotharios, they're not there for me. 
and give two fucks about those guys when they yeah, come out. They're there for girls and women who find them attractive and think that they're fun to watch wrestle, right? But the New Day is entertaining. And if you can't see that, I have to, I have to question that person's ability to even just have fun. I don't, I mean, who doesn't like the New Day? I'm with you. Well, and if you, like, you, you sound like someone I would never fucking, and I don't mean this in a mean way because that sounds really bad, but like anybody who doesn't like the New Day, we can't be friends. We'll yeah. never be friends. And, and I get, they may not be your favorite wrestler. They don't have to be your favorite wrestlers, but if you can't see the value that somebody like Biggie, Kofi Kingston, and Xavier Woods, and this is purely based on their talent, if you can't see the value that those talented individuals bring to the WWE, you're out of your mind. The pancakes, the unicorns, those are all gimmicks. These guys had to fight, scratch, and, and claws. They clawed to get these gimmicks that this is their livelihood. They've made money. People reacted to this. And while you may not like it, it's over, man. And by over, I mean like it's over with the crowd. Yeah. This argument usually comes from people. And I'm assuming based on the Hulk Hogan quote, this is people that are typically my age and older who go, the Attitude Era was the only true great time in wrestling. Wrestling is a, is a reflection of the time we live in. Whatever time we live in wrestling is just a reflection of that, right? True. Reality yeah, TV. Wrestling looks a little more like reality yeah. TV. Right now, we're in a little bit more of like a weird, woke kind of culture. And that's what wrestling's going to reflect. It's 2022. Mm-hmm. You have to embrace this shit and enjoy it, or you've got to turn it off. But look, Hollywood Hogan was a giant douchebag. Yeah. Right? He just fit into that time period really well. Hollywood Hogan cannot exist in this time period we, no. we're in right now. Same <clears throat> same with MJF. MJF's gimmick works because he's so against what everybody's kind of standing for right now that it works. You can almost go so against the grain that it works. But if you really break down what MJF's gimmick is, like if you break it down to its purest form, he's a spoiled rich kid who smarts off too much. I mean, that's what it is. He's just yeah. really, really good at selling that and really, really good at talking. Yeah. But I honestly believe MJF gets eaten alive in the Attitude Era because when everybody gets to take the gloves off, he's not, he's not going to be as important. He doesn't look intimidating. He doesn't look scary. Mm-hmm. And, and I know part of the fun of wrestling for fans, it, me included, is just to overreact and say real, real wild shit. It's what I do. It's what I do on this microphone every week. But I find it odd when someone says things like, I wish someone didn't exist. I don't like Darby Allen. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, I made that clear. I don't like Darby Allen, but I 100% see his value to wrestling. True. Get that straight. Though I place a ceiling on him, he could easily break through that ceiling. That, that's just me placing uh, an imaginary ceiling on him. He, but he speaks, Darby Allen speaks to a certain group of youth who fucking idolize him. They love him. I mean, I had people tell me when I started on the Darby Allen's Too Small, there were people who it hurt their souls when I said that. And I never, that's not meant to be like crushing. Darby Allen doesn't give a shit You're what I say. Factual. I, well, I'm saying my opinion. My opinion is Darby Allen's Too Small. But I don't wish any negative on Darby Allen. Yeah. Unless he does like, if, if he really beat up women and did shit like that, then fuck that dude. Yeah. I'm not speaking on that. I'm speaking from a pure wrestling standpoint. But I don't wish that he didn't exist. I don't go like, oh man, AW would be better with no Darby Allen. Mm-hmm. I just, when Darby Allen's on TV, I choose to like 
see him do crazy shit and go like, oh man, that guy's going to kill himself at some point. You got to have guys that you dislike just as much as guys you like. Mm-hmm. That, that's that's kind of the, the yin and yang of professional wrestling, right? Yeah. I usually end up somehow along the way liking the people that I don't like. Yeah, I feel like if you give people a chance, you typically come around to them eventually. I mm-hmm. There's just certain people who get closed off. There's the other people who they, they join up with this IWC mentality where they go, oh, man, the, the guy I listened to said he doesn't like this person, so I can't like this person. It's not cool. The IWC is very clicky. Like, it's hipster. They, oh, they, yeah. It's, it's like if, if, we, if one doesn't like this guy, none of us can like this mm-hmm. guy. I agree. All right, let's finish off with 20 questions. All right. This week's question you wrote down comes from, or this person comes from Michael Burkett off of our Facebook group. I have to get more active in the Facebook group, but. I'm pretty active. I'm trying, but I got to figure out a better way. My app is just full of like, how do I say this without saying it wrong? A bunch of people with names I can't pronounce trying to add me. And so my notifications, instead of seeing what's going on in our group, uh-huh. it's a bunch of people from this one SmackDown group I accidentally went into <laughs> and they're all trying to add me. And I like, I, I am consumed and I get like, I get anxiety when I open up my Facebook for this and there's like 750 new uh, ads and I can't say one of their names. Popular guy. Yeah. I don't know. Like I somehow stumbled in this Facebook group that I'm in. Uh-huh. Like, we have fun. We believe kayfabe. These people are just slugging it out like wrestling is legit. Like, there are wars going on over Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. Like, Roman's a bitch and shit. <laughs> it's just like, it's real personal in that room. Wrestling is life, bro. And I just, I, like, I can't bring myself to leave it because I have to see, like, the what these people are saying. Yeah. It's fucking insane. All right, 20 questions from Michael Burkett of our Facebook group. I'm going to make a better effort to get into the Facebook group. Got All right. Group. Is this person associated with the WWE? Yes. Okay, associated with WWE. So Uh the second question you always got to follow that up with, is this person currently on the WWE roster? No. Okay, so this is an oldie. Oldie, oldie. Is this a a male superstar? Yes. Male superstar? Uh Uh-huh. Associated with WWE, but not currently in WWE. Uh I ask this question every time, and the problem is I still can't define the years. Ruthless aggression and attitude era run right together to me. Okay. I, if you ask me again, I still swear at some point Batista was in the attitude era. <laughs> I know he wasn't, but in my mind he was. Okay. Uh, was this person active during the attitude era? So I know this one because Michael actually made sure that he pointed it out to me. <laughs> Thank you, Michael. And the answer to that is... Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so Michael knows that we have issues with the attitude era then. Good, good. This is... He said, by the way, it's from the attitude era. Okay, so this is very helpful to me because this would be current wrestlers and attitude era is my strong point. Okay. Lots of favorites. I did watch a lot of wrestling in the attitude era. Was this person ever a world... I got to phrase this correctly too. This person ever hold the WWE title or the world heavyweight title? No. Okay. No. No. And I like how you're specific. Well, I I have to be because when I say a major championship, the argument is they're all major championships. Yeah. Back then, that argument could be made more than now. 
We, yeah. We're possibly getting Sami Zayn versus Johnny Knoxville for the Intercontinental yeah. belt. Y'all can't fucking argue with me ever again that that's a major <laughs> belt. Okay. Um, did this person ever hold... Back then, it would have been, I don't, when did the United States Championship come to be? That's, I think that's more recent. Back then, it was the Intercontinental Belt and the European, maybe there was the United States. Did they ever hold either the IC, the US, or the European Championship? Yes. So they did? Yes. Okay. So they're, they're a legit mid-card. They're title boy. Legit mid-card here. Uh-huh. Uh, do I... Do I fucking even play with the idea of faction? That got me in so much trouble last week. But if if it's not AEW, if it's Attitude Era, I feel like it's a safer place to be. Is this person in a faction? Yes. So they're factions, a group uh-huh. of people. Was yeah. this person in a tag team? Yes. Okay, that narrows it down slightly. Who was the big tag teams? New Age Outlaws. You had, uh, I don't know if the, no. Okay. Um, oh, here's a question I thought of the other day. Okay. Is this person in the WWE Hall of Fame? Um, no. Okay. No, no. Okay. Not in the Hall of Fame. That's no. interesting. That's, that, that was a good question. That was a new one. Kind of threw me off there a little bit. I'd look at the Wikipedia. Yeah. I'm glad you bring notes this time because I welcome. feel like the past has gotten dicey. I, I, I think I don't you, uh, lose, Michael Burke. I don't want to lose this on. Et. I don't want to lose this on technicalities here. Not in the Hall of Fame. Tag team. New Age Outlaws jumping in my head. New Age Outlaws jumping in my head. New Age Outlaws. Uh, can narrow it down. Was was this? Were, is were, New Age Outlaws? Is that a guess or something? No, 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 no. I'm I'm trying to narrow it down. Get get off of that. Were these white boys? No. Not white. No. Okay, that narrows it down. Attitude era, not white. Uh, were were they black? Yes. Or not they? Was he? I'm thinking of them as a tag team, though. Okay, so black. Attitude era. Intercontinental, European, or U.S. champion. Um. Ding. I guess most obviously, I'll jump right into. Was this person in the Nation of Domination? Yes, they were. Okay, that narrows okay, it down okay. to Mark Henry, Farouk, okay, D'Lo Brown, Ahmad Johnson, okay, and I think the Godfather was in there at one point, and The Rock, okay. But we said it's not a world champion, so it can't be The Rock, can't be Mark Henry, so it could be D'Lo Brown. I want to say Farouk or Ahmad Johnson. I don't know if they were world champions. Okay. I can narrow it down quickly, though. Uh, you had 12 questions. You 12? Answer 12. Okay. You asked 12 to eight. So right off, uh, I'll just throw out there one of the four. Does this person wear, like, in their outfit, did what? they wear spandex with a chest protector? Yes. Hi, that's what I thought it was. Yes. Is this D'Lo Brown? <laughs> yes, it is. D'Lo Brown. That's one of my favorite uh, wrestlers from the Attitude Era. So it wasn't hard to get there for me. That was... Michael had to school me a little bit. He he sent me the link and he said, this is where you need to go. And I said, all right, let's go. And he goes, it's attitude area. And I said, okay. Yeah, I don't. So I don't think he was ever a world champion unless it was in like TNA or something like that. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't even want you to give me that information because 
That information would throw me off. I have zero okay. recollection of TNA. Oh, I wouldn't have when known I'm it. Speaking, when I'm speaking about D'Lo, I'm speaking strictly about WWE D'Lo. Yeah. Um, cool. Got it. How many questions? You got it in 14 questions. 14 questions. this time. That's damn right. I had to come back off last week's. I should have guessed MJF too last week. I went Wardlow thinking that I should have known you'd go. You, I usually go with what I know. Yeah, that's why I should. But I so. thought... Y'all, y'all try to get me sometimes, and so I thought maybe, maybe y'all are trying to get it, me. The fans when they they come out with those like crazy ones, you know, mine would be like, um, Britt Baker, uh, uh, Sasha Banks. I like uh, I like the this, girls. I liked this game better before you started getting like <laughs> suggestions from people that have real extensive wrestling <laughs> knowledge that goes like way beyond mine. Mine would be like Randy I just have Orton. A, I just have opinions. I don't have much fucking knowledge of, of professional wrestling. Yeah. But that has been another episode of the Notorious Nerdy D Casual Wrestling Podcast. Make sure to tune in every week. As always, I am your host, Nerdy D. That is Level Up Lauren, and you can ring the final bell. Ding 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 ding. Notorious. Big it up, big.